going on everybody zach back here with another episode of clutch crew sports and on today's episode we're going to talk about some unpleasant things happening in the nfl uh we've got another episode of the lock board and we'll review what happened last week as well as talk about the nba finals we've seen three games now so we're going to talk about how those games went and what we expect to happen for the rest of the series, but let me introduce you to the for, to the rest of our crew. What's going on, guys? It's Connor, the co-host with the most, and it was a bit disappointing that I didn't get to see my Steelers play this week. Um, we'll get to that in a little bit later, but I'm excited to talk about the NFL this week and all the craziness that's been going on. And what's going on, y'all? This is Eric, your ranting co-host. Uh, I actually don't have to really rant about my lock board performance. I finally had a decent week. I'm not picking first or second this time, so I'm pretty happy with that. So (laughs) (laughs) hopefully uh, the streak will continue. Yeah. What's up, guys? Nate here. Uh, Hopefully y'all had a better sports weekend than I did. Uh, UCF lost. The Pats just lost uh, right before we recorded this, and um, I don't think I got a single pick on my lock board, right? So hopefully um, turn things around. Um, should be a fun <laughs> episode tonight talking about uh, the better parts this weekend. Yeah, get get your sports woes out of here. Yeah, yeah. You, you, can only, you can only go up from here. <laughs> pretty, pretty much. Yeah. yeah, all right. So as as usual, we'll start our episodes with Around the Shield, talking about, for this this time we're going to talk about a story, and then we'll go talk about some actual games that happened. Uh, but Connor, tell us about obviously the big news going on in the NFL. Yeah. Go- so <laughs> I guess I, if I don't know who it was in our discord, I don't know if it was Walker or Jackson that told us to be careful about mentioning the, the uh, C word, but I guess I will try not to refer to it. Oh, oh, um, I was actually on uh, Brody sports talk and I asked them about that. And they said it. They didn't care. They brought it up because uh, now YouTube's like changed their policy, so oh, it's okay. not. Uh, it's not like a forbidden word now. So okay, yeah. so COVID nineteen. There we oh. go. Boom. <laughs> was, wait, wait. Yeah, you, you, really you don't have right. to come up with a code word for it or anything like that. You, we can just say it. <laughs> people are really getting banned for saying COVID in videos. Well, videos were get, people weren't getting people banned, getting but videos down. would get taken down. And if you have three strikes and your channel gets banned. Oh, we so, COVID, COVID, COVID. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, dude. Okay, All sorry, right, go continue. <laughs> but yeah, so, okay. So with COVID-19, obviously I mentioned my Steelers didn't play. There was a reason for that. Unfortunately, um, the Titans had a lot of positive players tested uh, for COVID. And thankfully the Steelers had none. So we should be good to go next uh, this upcoming week. And go on. I, I don't know why I'm forgetting who we're playing now, but um we should be good to go Philly. That's right. Yeah. I don't know why I forgot that, but yeah, we should be good to go to play Philly this week, but obviously I know I wanted to talk about this because I thought it was really interesting the way that the NFL handled this game, because while I don't disagree that like it was probably a good idea to postpone the game because, you know, the Titans had these players and coaches test positive. I do think it was interesting that like, the Titans basically didn't receive any kind of penalty for this. And like the Steelers are probably coming out worse from this than the Titans are because with the Titans, you know, they obviously, I think it was like at, at the point of when they cancel it, they had something like nine or 10 cases of COVID and it was like more coaches than players, but still Mm -hmm. like nine or 10 cases. And they, you know, they were the NFL been saying like all the time before the season that, you know, we've put in these procedures in place. We've, you know, we're not trying to postpone, like, you know, change the schedule at all. If we have to, like, if we will, we'll postpone a game to Monday or Tuesday, like in the case with the Chiefs and Patriots got postponed to today. Well, I guess if you're listening to this on Tuesday, then yesterday, yeah, yeah. but um, <laughs> it got postponed to um, Monday whereas the Steelers and Titans game got postponed altogether. Now, the difference was obviously, other than Cam Newton, which we'll get to later, there were no other Patriots players or staff that tested positive. So, And the Chiefs were all negative too, so they were able to go ahead with it. But it just seems like, 
the Steelers are definitely getting the short end of the stick here because, like, all of a sudden, the Steelers, were, we, they had won three games in a row. Now, all of a sudden, on a week that wasn't supposed to be their bye week, because there is all that talk about how bye weeks kill momentum, and that's just part of, like, you know, part of what happens. you got to deal with it. But, you know, the Steelers weren't supposed to have their bye week this week. Now they're having a bye week week four of the season, which means they're going to have to play 13 games in a row with no bye week, which, you know, in the world of the, especially with all these players getting injured right now, you know, that's not a good thing because there's a good chance the Steelers are going to have some injuries that they're not going to be able to have a bye week to rest for. And also, you know, like I said, their momentum gets killed. They won three games in a row. The Titans had also won three games in a row. But it just feels like the Steelers are getting punished for something that they didn't do. Like, they followed all the COVID guidelines, and none of their players were positive. Whereas, you know, the players who tested positive on the Titans were some people I had never heard of. Um, so, yeah, a long know. snapper. And, uh, yeah, yeah and, and just, like, and some, like, backup linebackers and stuff. Yeah. Like, someone that never plays unless it's special teams. Mm-hmm. And obviously the personnel. And, you know... In my opinion, what should have happened is what, you know, because actually I'll, and I'll bring up a college example for this Georgia Southern in the first week of the college football season, they had 33 players that were out because of either because of COVID. It was like players and I think it was 33 players and a couple coaches and stuff like were not at that first game because of COVID, but they still played. And, you know, I, I don't know, I can't remember if the NCAA made them play or what, but they said they played with 33 people out. So my question is, why, you know, as long as everybody else was negative and the Titans, you know, all those players went into quarantine, why is it that the game got postponed? Why shouldn't the Titans be forced to play without all their people? You know, and it, it's not like they were missing anybody important either. It's not like, you know, Derrick Henry came down with COVID or Ryan Tannehill or, you know, some like Their big whole name offensive play- line. <laughs> right, right. Or some big name player on the I don't know any big name players on their defense. But, you know, if someone like that came down with it, like nobody major came down with it, it was all a bunch of nobodies. So why didn't the Titans end up playing this game when they could have easily done it? Like I said, as long as no one else tested positive and. So now I'm wondering, you know, I know, I guess we're going to discuss this too, but should there be, should there still be some kind of penalty for the Titans? I don't know. I guess I should probably stop talking and going on here. <laughs> Your monologue. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, it is my team. So. Yeah, no, that's why, that's why you but, started. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm interested to see what, I know Nate's going to be talking about the Patriots a little bit after this, but with Cam Newton, but I'm interested to see what you guys think about, like sh- what kind of penalty should they have played the game? Should the Titans have been penalized for that? Or should they get some other kind of penalty or was everything handled yeah. like 100%? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I I definitely don't agree that it was all handled 100%. Um, the reason why they couldn't play on Sunday was because, and and I'm not a doctor, so I don't know the I don't know the science behind it and everything. But with the virus, um, there's a chance that you could test negative, but still carry it or something. And and I think what the reason of them postponing it was. Well, maybe it won't show up in a test, but they could still transfer it and spread it. So it's one of those things that, or you could get uh, false negative test reports. Um, the the fact that they had so many people end up getting it, and they kept adding on more and more each day. Now the case with the college Georgia State or Georgia Southern, I can't remember which one he said, um, but that college that you were talking about, that's a unique situation. I. <laughs> Didn't really know about that, but um, I know college rosters have more people on them. I'm surprised they did that, though, even though they have a bigger roster. Well, size, the, the but... NFL did expand the practice squad yeah, and they the did. rosters yeah. for that specific purpose this year. They, Yeah, they did. But uh, the thing is, is the NFL, here's they, they can't have a forfeit. I, I saw people talk about that. The Titans should forfeit. They got to play every game for really to be considered like legitimate. Um, and... But here's the thing where the NFL went wrong, in my opinion, is they should the NFL should have anticipated that, okay, we're going to have some stuff come up eventually. Let's just make a week 18 and designate that week 18 for postponed games. So in this scenario, 
the Steelers and Titans would play in week 18. And basically they would just end up getting an extra bye week in week four uh, and still keep their normal bye weeks in the regular season. And you hope, and we, we hope that the Titans play next week, but uh, in the event then that a team like the Titans would have to postpone another game, then you could, like, let's say they can't play against the Bills next week because they're still having so many outbreaks and stuff. Then then you can have that later in the, on in the season. Okay, they then in, like, week 10, they'll play the Bills or something. But it, it's I think it would be a good idea for the NFL just to have a baseline week 18 for any of these matchups because then that doesn't really penalize Pittsburgh as much. They still have to... They still would be playing a week before the playoffs, which could be... Contra, which could be um a hinderment but also too you'll expect probably some other teams will have that as well and it's unfortunate luck of the draw i mean it's nothing they did to deserve it but it's one of those things that okay it, it just happened somebody's gonna get this bad happen to them but as far as the penalties though i think this is the whole this is what i've noticed watching all these games is most of the coaches i see like uh, half of them at least either don't wear the mask or they wear it wrong and when you look at the COVID reports, you see almost a 50-50 split between the cases being players and coaches. And that's concerning to me because the coaches are the ones who should be wearing the masks on the sidelines, but they're not. And they're not wearing the masks, right? So I'm actually, I'm blaming the, with this whole situation of the Titans, I'm blaming more of the coaches and the NFL in general because uh, they just got to wear the mask. Either that or they need to be virtual, like or up in the press boxes and stuff and spread out that way instead of being directly on the field. Um, but OK, so those are the main things I wanted to say. I want I wanted to say they should have done a week 18 and they should really hold the coaches more accountable. And I think they will going forward now. It's one of those things, though, they should have had a plan set in place before this happened. Instead, now they're like, OK, now we might take away draft picks and suspend coaches for not wearing masks. Whereas they should have like had this idea beforehand. Yeah. Before it's a, we had it's the, not like this thing. It's not yeah. like this thing popped up like right no, before no, the no, season no. started. Like you had months to plan this out. They had months to plan and they were in, I don't know, man, but that those were the main things I wanted to say, but I'll turn it over to Eric and see if he has got anything to add and what your opinion is on this matter. Eric. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you guys have pretty much, hit all of the key points here but uh the biggest thing that i especially have to like agree with on with zach here is the masks thing i i don't understand why the coaches act like they can't wear them or why especially when they don't even have them on right and that just looks really goofy when they're doing that and i don't know man i guess it's because this is coming from somebody who you know i work eight or nine hours a day, five to six days a week. And the whole time at both of my jobs, I have to have a mask on. Right. So I'm used to doing that. And I can feel you my, there. <laughs> yeah. And, and even with my pizza delivery, I know some of them might be like, Oh, well we're out in the heat or whatever. Well, I deliver pizzas too in South Texas. So like, you can imagine how hot that is. Oh yeah. And wearing a mask sucks. Yeah, so well, I, I mean, I've had, I've had people like that too at my job, like at the grocery store when like, you know, we go out to get carts outside, like, North Carolina, it gets, like, super hot in the summertime, too. And they're like, oh, well, it's hot outside. It's like, bro, I'm going out in, like, triple-digit heat getting carts and wearing it. Like, you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. So, I I don't know. I, I don't understand why they won't do it. Because, like Zach said, too, a lot of the cases that have been happening have been coaches. I mean, and they should be setting an example for the players. And they're not when they're not wearing the mask or they're wearing it with their nose not covered or whatever i just i don't understand why they won't do that because everybody wants to have a season we're all so well, happy this we're all so happy that sports are back and all this stuff but then they could ruin it by you know not wearing the mask and i i don't know i just i don't understand that the but, um so yeah. they're the, the coaches um argument that they've been saying is i've heard some coaches say like they want to have the mask off so they can like call the plays more clearly. Um, but still, I 
I don't know. Well, like, well hey, that, you know, the solution for that is do what Andy Reid's doing and wear a face shield. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I would wear the face shield if I were out there. Like, yeah, well, for, I mean, yeah, I mean if, you're, if you're just like an equipment coach or something, then like wear the mask. But like if you actually are calling plays, then like wear a face shield. Like, you know, your voice doesn't get muffled at all. And like, I, know, I know. I'm not defending them. I'm just saying that yeah, that's what they said. And the voices do get like ruffled a little bit with the mask, but if you talk loud enough, you can still be understood with what you're saying. And, and also, you too, know. they don't have to hold up a clipboard anymore to their mouths. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I don't know, man. But yeah, I guess that's what I have to say is I just have to rant about the coaches like not wearing yeah, the mask. Okay. I really don't understand that because they are putting the season in jeopardy and. You know, nobody wants football to get canceled. I, you know, we're all so happy that we've even been, you know, we were all talking about before the season when we did that poll, like on a scale of one to 10, how worried were we that the season would even happen? And we were all between eight and 10, like all four of us, you know, after the preseason game started getting canceled, like we were all pretty worried about it. And then, it, but it actually happened and we're all excited. But, you know, that with all these Titans players getting it, then, you know, the season was in serious jeopardy there, but it looks like it's been saved for now. But, you know, if this keeps going on, we could be looking at a bigger picture problem, not just worrying about when are the Titans and Steelers going to play their game or the whole bye week situation. Like, yeah, you know, we, could be, really we, could be, we could be looking at the season getting canceled here if this keeps up. So uh, these people need to get it together and not, uh, you know, not don't go to parties don't well also too you know it's the long snappers it's the backup linebackers like that's a trend like cam's an exception we'll talk about him in a bit but it is the coaches it is the long snappers it is the it's, like, it's, it's, it's the people who don't play who yeah, don't the care practice squad quarterback so that's the thing you know is you're letting yeah, more people I, in and it's more potential but um, yeah, yeah. I'll, be, let, I'll let you get with Nate and with the yeah, yeah. Cam Newton situation. Yeah, so Nate, tell us about um, what happened to Cam Newton and how long, do you know how long he's going to be out for? Obviously, he missed this game against the Chiefs, but uh, would, do you know what his symptoms are? Do you know how he's doing and what uh, what's the plans moving forward? Um, so last I had heard, he didn't have any symptoms or anything. It sounded like he was um still healthy yeah um so i I was actually pulling that up earlier um to see if he was gonna have to stay out usually they say you have to quarantine for 14 days and um all of that i believe it's i'm pulling the actual like nfl reserve they said the covid uh reserve kind of injury reserve list for that set guidelines um it says he can be removed from the list after 10 days of showing no symptoms. So this article from earlier today says it isn't clear whether he's had any symptoms. I haven't heard anything about that. I would assume if he was, you know, super sick, we would have found out. Yeah. Um, so it seems like if he's has no symptoms, well, they announced he was positive yesterday or sorry, Saturday. I th- mm-hmm. Yeah. Saturday. So that would be, um, if you're following the 10 days rule, he would be out next week as well, which, um obviously after the night doesn't look that good for the pats but then he'd be back for the game yeah. after hopefully as long well, as he's healthy so well i guess the other way that um you could probably get removed from that list is if you get negative tests like even if you're not showing symptoms like you know well, I, yeah i know the i know the nba bubble they had the thing where like you even if you had negative tests you had to wait like seven days or something before you could so it's negative tests are a good thing like if he keeps mm-hmm. having it's kind of like lightning delays at uh, sports games. Like, if you get a positive test, like, okay, we got to wait 30 more minutes. We got to wait X number of days. But you got to wait for a sustained number of those negatives. Um, so I don't know. I it'll be. I I don't oh, think. Here. Yeah. Sorry, no. I, I read further down the um, article. So the the shortest timeline it said is five days for a player. If he has, okay. you have to get like what you were saying is back to back positive test with 24 hour four hours in between so if he has those he could be back and practicing um by wednesday and play next week which would obviously be a lot more optimal but if he doesn't test positive he can still play in 10 days if he doesn't have any symptoms so okay um yeah so at most i guess he's gonna miss one more game but 
in all likelihood he should be back for next Sunday's game, which would be very helpful. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, at, we, at least we, it, at least it was the Chiefs. Like yep. you know, wasn't game, like they lost to the Giants gonna, or something. <laughs> right. That's that's the one thing that as a Pats fan, I was definitely um, obviously bummed that he wasn't able to go. But out of all the games, this was definitely one that they were not favored in by any means. So I'm glad it was like what you were saying it was this and not you know the Dolphins or something. They choked because they didn't have. Um, Newton in, so. and, and also it's not like uh, the playoffs are happening or they need to win this game to make the playoffs or anything like it's good to have right. it early in the season so theoretically I mean I'm not a once again I'm not a doctor but I don't think you can get it again in that quick of a time span so he should be so. he should be fine the rest of the season um, which will be good for him um, but yeah, it's interesting stuff. I mean, we went the first couple weeks and there was nothing across the board. Uh, and then now all of a sudden, boom, boom. Uh, the, these two teams that both played each other had a positive case, which was interesting. And then I heard the Lions had a false positive. They were, they started freaking out about, or the Saints. Uh, I think it was the Saints, actually. They had a false yeah. positive. So that Saints-Lions game was in question, too. I was like, oh, man. And then they found out it was false positive, but still. Crazy stuff going on in uh, in the NFL. Hopefully next week we'll have better news as far as this goes, and hopefully they play all the games scheduled next week. But something to keep an eye on for sure, and uh, it's not as stable as we thought it was two weeks ago. But let's go ahead now and talk about uh, some actual NFL news that happened on the field. Um, and so that's going to be between the Cleveland-Dallas game um seen here on the picks slide uh eric and i picked cleveland to win connor and nate picked dallas to win and so it was two to two but eric i was surprised you picked cleveland being like a semi cowboys fan as your second favorite team like i'll let you go ahead and start like i don't know if you watched the game or not but 49 38 cleveland and dallas made a big comeback too but tell us tell us about dallas i didn't get to see all of this game because I was at work for a big chunk of it. I saw them making the, I saw that it was like 41 to 14 at one point, And then Dallas somehow got it to 41 to 38 before Cleveland got another score and sealed it. But I don't know, man, I know in our buy sell episode, we talked about the Cowboys defense and were they going to hold them back? And I had initially said no because I felt like overall against the Rams they did okay and then I didn't fully blame them for the 39 points against Atlanta because of all the turnovers the offense had that put them in the bad field position and everything but when when Baker Mayfield and the Browns are putting 49 up on you and obviously Russell Wilson's great but the Seahawks just torch you at the they're just getting torched the whole game right now. Like I didn't realize how bad this Cowboys defense <laughs> is. I, I think they miss uh, Byron Jones in the secondary. And I know Leighton Van Der Esch got hurt in the first game. So, you know, that's one player who's no longer on the team and one player who's injured, but just the rest of this defense is just bad. I mean, they're they're They can't, stop a nosebleed like I thought the Jaguars defense was bad going into the season but yeah Dallas is worse (laughs) we have at least stopped the run sometimes and sometimes (laughs) forced a few you know forced a few turnovers here and there yeah but like it just seems like the Dallas defense just can't do anything and as good as I mean the Cowboys offense has been inconsistent at times it seems like they start off slow and then get hot later in the game and obviously down by a big deficit early but at the rate they're going I mean this Cowboys offense could score 40 points a game and they're still going to be losing I mean that's just that's just that just show I've I haven't seen a defense this bad in quite some time I mean and it you know obviously it sucks because in my household uh, I'm a Jags fan, and then my fiance is a Cowboys fan. So with both of our teams being one and three, we're well. You don't have happy wife, happy life right now. Yeah, no, 
I don't know if there's a rhyme for happy husband, but there's not that either. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty bad. I mean, the only saving grace for the Cowboys right now is at least that division is so god-awful that even with a (laughs) one-and-three record, they're only a half game back at the division. (laughs) if the, honestly, if the Eagles had lost to the 49ers yet last night, I was going to make a poll on Twitter and I was going to say, should the NFC East be deserving of having a playoffs or, or a team in the playoffs? And the choices were going to be no, no way, hell no, or fuck no. Like, those are, <laughs> <laughs> are going to be the four choices. So you'd have to pick which one. But yeah, the NFC East is bad. The Cowboys are bad. Um, and I know we're going to transition this over to the Browns, too, because they had that really ugly game in week one against the Ravens. But since then, they've you know turned it around and won three in a row. This is the best they've looked in a while. So I guess like what Zach and I were going to talk about or maybe even debate, I don't know, is this is this like an indicator that Cleveland is good or is it an indicator that Dallas is bad? Uh so Zach, what do you well, think? Well, I'll get this? I'll actually um I wanna get Connor because before the episode Connor okay. was definitely talking about the um Dallas slow starts. So okay. Connor, tell us about the Dallas slow starts yeah. more in detail. Yeah, I mean it's just one of those things that like I mean this is the that you can't expect to on a regular basis get down, you know, as a big of a deficit as they were. I mean, they were down 39 to 24 to Atlanta. And then they were down like Eric said, like 41 to 14 to Cleveland. It's like, I don't care if Dak Prescott throws for like 400 yards in the fourth quarter. Like, you know, <laughs> you can't be getting that far down and expect to come back. I mean, and honestly, and I'm talking about the Cowboys record too. Like, you know, they're only one and three, but honestly they should be zero and four. Like, they really should not have won that game against mm-hmm. the Falcons. You yeah, know, they really shouldn't they, have. They, like, you know, that the Falcons just really screwed up big time on that uh, onside kick. So, it's it's just something for the Cowboys. And, I mean, I guess, you know, you want to talk about, like, is Cleveland, you know, is Cleveland really good or is Dallas really bad? I'm definitely leaning more towards Dallas is really bad. Like, because I know with the Browns, like, they, one of their wins came against the um, came against the Bengals and then they got absolutely destroyed by the Ravens in week one. Like that was not pretty at all. And then I can't remember who they played last week. They beat, um, was it the jets? Oh no, they beat, well, they beat Washington. Who's also not yeah, very Washington. good. Yeah. <laughs> so like, you know, I'm, I'm really waiting for Cleveland just to like, I want to see more. I mean, you know, I want to, if they can consistently put this up, then yeah, I'll agree that Cleveland is a, a threat to Pittsburgh. And I mean, Maybe not Baltimore yet, just because of how badly they got torched in week one. But, like, you know, I will agree that they're a threat to some of the other teams in the AFC. But I think it's more so right now that Dallas is just that bad. And I think Dak Prescott needs to, like, he just has this syndrome of, you know, making these mistakes or, like, you know, not really throwing the ball well for three quarters, but then all of a sudden turns into, like, Mm -hmm. you know, Tom Brady or Joe Montana in the fourth quarter. And, like, you know, looks like a Hall of Famer. So it's like, I don't know how <laughs> that happens. Like, how you're just so bad, and then you look like an all-pro for one quarter. Well, I'll, I'll mean... tell you why. I'll tell you why. It's, <laughs> it's because it's because they're down so much, and teams are playing prevent defense. And I, I, made a defense. Tweet. <laughs> I made a tweet the other day. I said, prevent defense prevents you from winning. <laughs> and I, mean, I mean, I will yeah. definitely agree that that is prevent defense is like the worst defense ever created. Like the only time it ever has any practical use is on a Hail Mary or like on a third or fourth and like 25 or something Mm -hmm. when they're not in field goal range, because that's the other thing. Like if they're on like a third and 25 and say they're on like the 40 yard line, like you don't want to give up, you know, like a 20 yard play because then that puts an easier field goal. So like the only time it has any significance is if it's third and 25 and they're on the wrong side of midfield yeah. or it's like a yeah. Hail Mary. And that's the only time that you should ever <laughs> use that defense. <laughs> well, both teams do it, though. And that's, I think, how he gets all those stats in the fourth. But going back to the to the question Eric was saying and um, obviously, guys, like I, I picked Cleveland to go pretty far in the playoffs at the start of the year. I was a. I was a Cleveland believer. What are they? Believe land. Believe they land. Call them. <laughs> I was a believer. Um, but you're a believer. 
Um, oh no. This was uh, this, is, <laughs> this is one of those games though. Yeah, Dallas is bad, but they had to go on the road. There's still fans in Dallas, so it's a little bit, you know, it's similar to a regular NFL atmosphere on the road. Not they're not supposed to win this. Old Cleveland, the thing is is the the Browns have a winning record for like the first time in forever. They're they're showing me different stuff than they've shown in the past couple of years. Odell Beckham finally had a big game. Um, that and I, I know I, he might he might save me in fantasy this week after George Kittle's <laughs> big game. Yeah, uh, and and Mayfield was pretty good. And honestly, they could have even had more points because I saw some of the they had some dropped interceptions and uh, there was a overthrow for a potential touchdown that they also could have gotten. So. I mean, I like they really could have even had more points. As crazy as that sounds, getting forty nine, uh, Dallas obviously really bad for that. But the fact that Cleveland's now they're putting together a win streak. They had an awful game against the Ravens, but it's the Ravens week one at Baltimore. I'm not gonna hold them too accountable for that. It wasn't good because they got blown out. But um, I'm I'm really starting to be bullish on Cleveland now. It's a tough AFC North, that's for sure. But um, but I'm I was optimistic about them to start the season, and so far, if if you were to say Cleveland is three and one after the first four weeks, I would have said okay, I'm, I'll take that. You know, if I'm picking the Browns to make it to the AFC Championship game, I'd be okay with that. But um, so I, as far as the Dallas being bad, Cleveland being good, I'm gonna weigh it a little bit more on the Cleveland being good side. Um, but Eric, you never, I want to hear you, what you've got to say, if you agree with that or not. Yeah, I'm more in agreement with Connor. I don't necessarily, <laughs> I don't think Cleveland's necessarily like not good or anything like that, yeah. but that, I mean, Dallas is bad. Let's be real here. Like yeah. the, their defense sucks and <laughs> the <laughs> offense is in, the offense is inconsistent and I I was a believer in them in the season, at least to win that division. I don't even know if they can do that now. Uh, We'll see. But I'm in agreement with Connor, though, just in the sense that I want to see Cleveland have a good game against a team that is good, or at least that is supposed to be good. Uh, If I see that, then I'm definitely going to be, it could be then like an indicator of both that Mm -hmm. Cleveland is good and Dallas is bad. But hey, well, week six at Pittsburgh, that's the their next because t- they're playing Indianapolis this week. So I'm not going to reel at home. But week six at Pittsburgh, that's going to be the telling game. I think for both the Steelers yeah. and the Browns, that's a telling game. Yeah, yeah really. Mark, mark, mark it on your calendars. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be watching. Plus, those teams got history, too. But uh, Nate, haven't uh, heard from you real quick. So I want to get your take uh between the Cleveland being good, Dallas being bad sort of thing, where do you fall on that spectrum? Um, Yeah, that's kind of a tough one for me because I was not really um, that excited about either of these two teams coming into the year. Um, I think, I don't want to be a cop-out, but I think I'm definitely in the middle of that. Um, yeah, I think yeah. Cleveland, definitely we talked about it, has the talent. Um, this is about them putting it together, so I... I'm not surprised they were able to pull up a lot of points when um, Odell and Jarvis uh, had great games. Um, so that wasn't a huge surprise to me. Dallas, like, knew their defense wasn't that great coming into the year. Um, so I'm not super surprised there either. So I think it's definitely a mix. I think Dallas um, is probably a pretender this year. I think the way the NFC East looks, that's not a good division at all. Um, and when they've played teams outside of it, they've lost. So... Um, I think it's a little bit of both. I think Dallas isn't a great team, but I don't think that diminishes that Cleveland's offense might be um, starting to get rolling the way we've yeah. uh, been expecting for the last you know year and a half. Yeah. All right, guys. So we'll uh, we'll wrap up the NFL talk there. I was just going to say a quick, yeah. quick question for Zach before we go on. Do you think Joe Schobert regrets leaving the Browns and coming to the Jags? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, after week after week one, he was like, uh, "This is the first time I've yeah. ever been one and zero." So now, that's why yeah, I was like, "I've that. been one and three before, though." He's probably saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to throw that out there real fast. Yeah, yeah. Joe. Joe. All right, yeah. So we'll go to Joe, the, Joe. 
just shaking my head, Joe. I mean, he hasn't been bad, but he hasn't been good. That's that the the way Joe Schobert's been this year is because I've watched all the Jags games. He's been he's been solid, but he's not been like all pro Pro Bowl, but he's not been in like a a weak spot. So he he's he's average, Joe. Um, <laughs> so let's let's look here at the lock board from last week. You see a lot of green in Connor's row. He got all three of his picks yeah. right. <laughs> and then some red across the board for everybody else. Um, so, Connor, review for our listeners and viewers the three picks that you had that were all right this week. Yeah, well, they all kind of gave me a heart attack at different points, uh, unfortunately, because I seem to continue this trend of like, I mean, really, I think last week was the only time I had a one-point pick that was like really dominant when it was like, you know, the the Colts over the Jets, but... Mm-hmm. This week with the Rams over the Giants, I mean, the Rams just couldn't do anything in that game. And I was thinking, like, what is going on? Like, the Rams should easily be, I mean, we all picked them for survival, too. So I was like, why Why are the Rams sucking? But they managed to pull that out. And then SMU gave me a heart attack because they were up 24-3. to And I'm thinking, like, great, that was, like, the mm-hmm. best pick that I could have mm-hmm. made. And then I turn around, and then five minutes later, it's 24-20. to And I'm like, whoa, like, what happened there? How'd you give up 17 unanswered in, like, five minutes? So... Um, but thankfully they held on to win that game. And then I guess Iowa state came back against Oklahoma. Cause I didn't really pay attention to that game. I just, yeah, they um, did. I saw Oklahoma was winning for most of it. So, but thankfully Iowa state pulled it out. So yeah, I mean, I didn't expect to, all of these to work out for me, especially I didn't expect the Iowa state one to work out. I thought the other two would. So really happy how it turned out. I went a little bit more conservative this week than normal and it paid off. Yeah, it, it definitely did. Uh, Let's take a look. So for the the current week that we just had, uh, my picks only got me one point. Uh, Eric's picks got him four. Connor got seven to seven on his, and Nate had zero. So (laughs) yeah, based on that order, the total standings now, uh, Connor's in first place with 25. I'm in second with 21. Eric's in third with 14, and Nate's in last with six so got some ground to make up but it's another a new week another opportunity nate's going to be picking first as a result of what happened last week i'm going to be picking second eric picks third connor picks fourth so nate you've got the first pick once again i'll put the betting lines up for everybody to see and check out but do you know what you're going to pick for the first game of the week Yep, I was looking at this before we got on. Um, I think I'm gonna go with uh, Jags over Houston. It's a little Ooh. bit of a risky play, but I, I think Houston's gonna give up some points. Okay, is that, yeah. Is that so a five point one? No, that's a three pointer. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a three pointer because Houston's. Uh, Alice, only I don't know why. Six. I don't know why I would have thought that Houston would have been favored that much over Jacksonville before. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so glad you picked that, Nate, because I wasn't going there. I am going to go. Dang. <laughs> I mean, I hope you're right, though. But yeah. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Dolphins over 49ers for a potential five. Mm. Uh, I just think that that that's getting potentially five points on that's a steal. I mean, the 49ers just lost this week, and they value them so highly against the the Dolphins who hung in there against the the Seahawks and I'm I'm still not a big 49er believer so come on Fitz magic <laughs> <laughs> All right uh Eric you've got the next pick All right I definitely got a few that I'm looking at I'm just worried if any of them might get sniped for my second Same. so I'm debating on which one I want to pick um, let's see. Okay. Coin flip. Okay. I will, <laughs> for a potential, uh, three pointer here, I am going to trust Zach's judgment on the Browns and I'm going to take the Browns to beat the Colts. Okay. Mm-hmm. Surprised the Colts are favored in that game, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, but all right. Well, I'm glad no one took my pick because I thought this was a pretty easy one for me, especially after last week. Um, I know these games are always close, but 
I just don't think Oklahoma because I mean it really says Texas at Oklahoma, but Oklahoma's not really the yeah, only team yeah, that's yeah. always played at a neutral site. So I think this is a pretty easy three pointer to take Texas over Oklahoma. I was debating that one. I, <laughs> I didn't I want my NFL that, when he I was home. yeah, I w- that's good potential. I just wanted to stay away because they're both been so bad. I don't know who's gonna be worse. <laughs> well, I mean I mean those yeah. games are always close though. I mean it seems like yeah, they I've, are. I've seen years where like Oklahoma was like the that's best true, team in the yeah. Big Twelve and Texas was horrible, but Texas still gave them a game. So Yeah, like, that's it's, true. It's kinda like the Steelers Ravens rivalry. <laughs> I'm looking at bigger fish though with five games. So I didn't. I didn't check that one out. <laughs> All right, Nate, start us off in round two. All right. So, yeah, those are a couple of the ones I was looking at for my second pick, but I'm not surprised they're off the board. Um, let me see where else I can go. Um. I. Mm, a little bit tricky. Some of the, I don't like a whole lot of the NFL games, but I think um, I think I might go Carolina over Atlanta. That was Just the other way that the Falcons <laughs> really imploded. Yeah, I'm like, I'll first I'm like, I'll one of my top three picks. Was it, was that well, I'm, I'm, I'm worried. Play? I'm worried Zach's gonna snipe my pick with the next one. <laughs> I hope I get it right because I've got two that I'm between. <laughs> All right. Um... Which one? Which one? Which one do I think will? I'm going to go. All right. All right. I'm going to go. I picked against them last week. I'm going to go Tennessee Vols over Georgia. Yeah, that was what I was going to take. Yeah. Yeah. Potential five point play there and got the rooting interest for it, too. So (laughs) uh, I I really don't trust Georgia's quarterback and Tennessee's like really good the first two weeks. So I'm happy to take that. Eric, it's your turn. Okay. Oh boy, I got sniped a couple of times there, so I should have seen <laughs> that coming. But man, it's just I just don't see much that I like. the The NFL one is the NFL picks are especially not good this week, and I don't usually pick in the college spectrums because I don't know most of these teams. That's my disadvantage with this. You still got the uh, NBA game too. Yeah, I I was looking at that, but um, let's see. I know Oklahoma hasn't looked good, but I know Kansas State beat them, so I'm going to take Kansas State over TCU. Alright. That is Kansas State, right? Like It's not like yeah, Kansas State or some guard. Okay. No, that's Kent Kentucky State. State. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like not some, yeah. not some school I've never heard of or something. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I think. I mean. Uh, yeah, I know these NFL ones are tough, but I think if other than Miami and San Francisco, I think the most likely five-point upset. I mentioned I didn't like how they looked last week. I'm going to take the football team over the Los Angeles Rams. Mm. Right. Boy, yeah. Connor going the five-pointer there. That was a bold pick. Yep. It's All right. Bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays <laughs> off. Let's see if it pays <laughs> off. Hey, hey, Connor, Connor hasn't got one wrong in a while, so I'm going to trust it. That's <laughs> true. That's true. All right. All right. Nate, you're up here with your last pick. Where are you going? All right. With my last pick, um, I haven't done too well in college so far, but I'm going to go over to the SEC and pick Mississippi State over Kentucky. Yep. So Mississippi State, uh, you don't know. <laughs> it's so hard to because they beat LSU, but then they lost yeah. to Arkansas. <laughs> yeah, it's like they they beat the, the team last year who won the national championship, and then they lost to a team that had had a twenty game SEC losing streak. Um, but <laughs> they're playing Kentucky game. So. Yeah, Arkansas <laughs> yeah. finally broke that streak. They did. They did. Yep. All right. So. We've got one and one NBA game on the lock board, and I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take the Heat over the Lakers. 
for five. I mean, you're points. not going to. It's actually on all five pointers here. This could either be really good or really bad. <laughs> yeah, I can. <laughs> uh, I like all five though, or all the. All I mean, there's two of those that I do hope happen. Yeah. Like, and I wouldn't be happy for your scoreline, but I do hope they happen. <laughs> all right, Eric, last pick, man. Final pick for me. Okay. Say, so do I pick the Giants over the Cowboys and piss Susan off, or do, <laughs> <laughs> or do I steer clear of that? Um, I'm actually gonna just. I really would like to take a safe pick, but I feel like I'm too far behind right now, so I'm not gonna do that. I am going to hop over to the college side again. I'm just gonna take a wild guess here okay Uh, (laughs) i'm going to take uh virginia tech over north carolina and that's one i hope doesn't happen (laughs) yeah Yeah, so that that could be a three-pointer there for eric with that one all right so the last pick of this week's lockboard goes to connor Got fewer choices now to pick from, but uh, well, I guess everybody else is feeling threatened because nobody took a safe pick. But I'm gonna take a safe pick because I mean, getting one point I think is essential every week. I mean, even if you get your upsets wrong, you at least don't put up a zero. So I'm going to take the Baltimore Ravens to beat the Cincinnati Bengals. (laughs) The Bengals, (laughs) all right, yeah. So there, there you have it, guys. That's our lock board. We will report back next week with how these go. Uh, could be some some uh, zeros, could be some big numbers. <laughs> we'll see. Um, well, you know, of, of course, somehow the Bengals are going to make it close against the Ravens now that I picked that. <laughs> yeah, if, if you're picking that game as far as, like, with the spread in consideration, like, go Cincy. Go Cincy. <laughs> <laughs> Which, honestly, I, I would have gone Cincy even if I was picking with the spread because that's a lot of points. Um, and the Bengals won, but that's just my advice. I was pretty good at that last year. Um, <laughs> humble brag, humble brag. All right, uh, going to talk about NBA basketball now as we always end the show talking about the NBA. And obviously we're going to be talking about the finals here. And I want to talk about how the three games have gone, what we think will happen going forward, because the the third game was definitely a lot different than the first two. And the thing is, is you always have fresh in your mind, like, oh, the Heat just won, like, oh. oh." But I, I know I picked the Heat to win on the lockboard, but that was that was an odds choice because. I think the Lakers will win, but I just wanted to get it for the odds because I think that he'd have a chance of winning. So it's not like you'd be upset if they won either. No, no, true. I, that's also a benefit. <laughs> Whereas last week I had a, I picked a, against Tennessee in a college. So, but um, but yeah. So the the way the series has gone has been interesting. Game one, all the injuries happened to Miami. Lakers never really trailed. It was a big game by AD and LeBron, and it was it was unwatchable. Really, they the actually the Heat started out pretty good, I remember, and then the Lakers went on like a seventy to thirty run. I think it was like after game. after Bam went out, like the yeah. Lakers just like ran away with it. Yeah, it was, it was a crazy like like scoring differential run in the middle part of the game. Then the Heat uh, made the score look nicer at the end, but. It was a it was a dominant win for the Lakers game one. Game two, uh, the Lakers never really were threatened. They basically always had a double digit lead. The Heat would bring it to nine, but then the Lakers would bring it back up. And after game two, everybody in the world was thinking, okay, like let's just get it over with. <laughs> like let's let's just <laughs> let's just get on the next season. <laughs> um, but. To, to the Heat's credit, they said, no, we're, we're still here. We're still a team. We deserve to be here. And they won game three. Pretty similar to the way... Well, actually, it was different um, because of lead changes and stuff. But the final score, anyway, is similar to game two, is the Heat getting basically a double-digit win um, over the Lakers. And so now we're at the two-to-one 
Lakers lead the series. Crucial, crucial game four here because if the Lakers win this game, it's highly unlikely the Heat win the series. And if the Heat win the game, it's like, oh my God, is this going to go the distance? Like, So I, I know originally I picked, this was pre-injuries, I picked uh, Lakers in six with injuries. And by the way, I don't think any of the guys that were hurt are going to come back based on the injuries that they have. I'm said before, I'm not a doctor, but uh, <laughs> my God, if really, you come back from the injury Dragic had and play in this, this quickly, I mean, that would just be insane. But um, <laughs> so I don't think the, that Bam or Dragic will come back really in the series. So, it's going to be interesting. Like I picked the Heat on the lockboard, but I don't think I think the Lakers win Game Four. But what's really got to happen is the for the Lakers to win, they really got to stop committing so many fouls. Like try and try and find a way so that you don't get KCP switched on to Butler. Um, try and find ways that you force the Heat to shoot a lot of threes. Um, because the Heat are very good at making free throws, and they the they've gotten a lot all series long. They've gotten a lot of free throw attempts. If the Lakers can severely cut that down and reduce that amount of fouls that they commit, I think they would win easy. And for the Heat, I think the Heat need to get away from the zone defense because it's giving Miami or it's giving LA so many open three pointers. And and I trust Rondo. That's the player I trust a lot on the Lakers, other than LeBron and AD, is Rondo to come up big. He had a bad game three, but I think if they if they if they keep playing the way they keep playing the soft zone, yeah, it keeps AD. It limits AD a little bit, but it's just so deadly and so demoralizing when Caruso or Markeith Morris start making three pointers. Um, so for the Heat's sake, I, I think they, they I hope they get away from that zone defense they've been playing. And the Lakers, for the Lakers fans, they just got to not send Miami to the free throw line so many times. So that, those are my like keys to the game, I guess, for game four and stuff. But Home Depot uh, keys to the game or something yeah, like that. Yeah, <laughs> your Home Depot keys to the game. Yeah, uh, but, uh, but Eric, so I summarize how the series has been going, but do you have any opinions? Like, is this surprise? Has it been this? Has this been a surprise to you? And what do you think will happen now? Yeah. So, going off of what you said with the zone coverage thing, Game Three was where Miami finally started to get away from that. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Lakers were torching them with it in Game One, and if if I was Eric Spolstra, I would have just scrapped it after Game One. But unfortunately. I don't know if it was because of the personnel he had with, you know, yeah. not having Bam and Dragic in there or what the reasoning was, but he stuck with the zone defense for a lot in game two, and it didn't work either. I mean, they're getting torched from threes, but the, the biggest difference in game two, why the Lakers won that game so easily, was because of the amount of offensive rebounds and putbacks that AD was getting. I mean, yeah. the Lakers were not as hot as they were in game one with the three, but then AD's crashing on the boards and getting all these second chance points. And that's what was the dagger for Miami in game two. But what I liked in game three, there are two things that I liked in game three were one, they got away from the zone coverage. They did it every now and then in the game, but they did it Mm -hmm. way less. And what I also liked was when Jimmy Butler was on LeBron, when they would try to do screens or something to create switches the heat weren't having it maybe they would like switch for a second but then they would quickly rotate back and butler would stay on lebron and of course lebron still got some points but jimmy butler's the best defender on that team capable yeah, that's yeah. you don't want duncan robinson on lebron <laughs> yeah you don't want like tyler hero or duncan robinson guarding lebron you want jimmy butler on him and and so I really liked the adjustments that they made there. And the other adjustment that I liked uh, in game three for the Heat was I noticed a lot in games one and two that Jimmy Butler was playing really timid offensively. He was constantly driving into the paint towards the rim, but then he was trying to kick it out to somebody or 
he it was like he wasn't looking to score. But he did do it sometimes in game three, but for the most part, he was in attack mode. And that's what Miami needs, especially with Dragic and Bam not being in there. Like, Jimmy Butler needs to take over the game like that. Even if he misses like and isn't as hot as, wasn't, as he was in game three, I'm okay if I'm a Heat fan if we lose because Jimmy Butler tried to do everything he could to take over the game instead of, you know, driving into the paint and kicking it out or just not looking to score and just kind of facilitating. Like, I, I don't want Jimmy Butler doing that if I'm a Heat fan. I want him going in there with the same attitude and swagger that he had in game three. I don't expect him to get 40 points every time, but if they're going to have any chance to win it, that's what's going to need to happen. But unfortunately, though, with all of that being said, I'm pretty sure the Lakers are going to win the next two games. I, Going into the series, I said Lakers in five, and I'm unfortunately still – obviously, I don't want it to happen, but I'm I was going to say, because you, you picked the Heat to win game one, right? Yeah, I picked the Heat to so win game So I was going to say, have... like, if you pick them to win game four, I'm going to be like, okay, last year's happening again. No, no. I know, uh, <laughs> I know last year – because last yeah. year when the NBA Finals were happening, there wasn't football going on, so we were breaking down every yeah, game. Yeah, we did game by game. And everything. Yeah. Obviously, we can't do that now yeah. with the NFL, but my predictions were Heat in game one. Lakers in game two, Lakers in game three. So I've yeah. only gotten one of them right. I, maybe I should just, you know, maybe if I keep picking the, keep picking the Lakers, maybe I'll get it wrong. But <laughs> I picked the Lakers in five. I'm, I'm still picking them to win the next game. Uh, and then probably if they win the next game, I'll probably be picking them in game five too. But the biggest thing that hurt the Lakers in game four or in game three that Zach didn't talk about was Anthony Davis getting in foul trouble early in the game. And because he never got into the flow of the game, he didn't play that many minutes. He didn't get that. He didn't get that many looks. And because he wasn't on the floor, he wasn't, you know, getting those offensive rebounds that he was getting in game two. He, Anthony Davis was basically a non-factor. And then the other thing that really cost LA too was besides the fouls that Zach talked about was LeBron had eight turnovers. Uh, I think the Lakers in the first quarter had but like Eric, he had a triple double. Or almost a triple double. Did he? He, he did. I mean, he got his numbers. He got his numbers. Uh, and, and, and too, like, I, have, I do have to, I mean, I, I, I will give LeBron credit when he has good games. But if you just look at the box score and see the, like, 25 and 9 and 8 or whatever the hell it was, uh, yeah, his numbers look good. But he had eight turnovers. He, yeah, he had, like, nine assists or whatever it was. But he had just as many turnovers. That's not going to get the job done. And if you look at what he did in the final eight minutes of the game, the Lakers had actually been down most of the game, but got to a two-point lead at one point. But then after that, LeBron had like two traveling violations. He committed fouls defensively on Jimmy Butler. He bricked like two three-pointers. He was one of five from three for the whole game. But the only point he got in the last eight minutes of the game was a easy layup where the heat had a mess up defensively, which gave him an easy path. And then they didn't bother trying to contest it because they had like a 10 point lead at that point. So they didn't want to risk fouling them and giving them an and one. So he got like an easy dunk or layup, whatever it was from that. That was his only points in the final eight minutes of the game. And they were ahead by two when that started. It wasn't like they were down 25 and they were just giving up and the backups came in or something like, the, the Lakers, despite everything that went wrong for them in this game and AD barely playing, they still had just as good a chance to win the game. So I expect the Lakers to come out more aggressively. I expect, uh, I expect, I don't expect the LeBron is one thing I do give him credit for is his passing. Normally, he doesn't normally have eight turnovers like that. So I expect him to be more efficient with his passing. I expect AD to not get into foul trouble this time and be more involved. And unfortunately, I just don't think the Heat have the weapons to sustain it enough yeah. to win. My, Myers the Hammer Leonard versus AD. Like <laughs> speaking of speaking of Myers the Hammer Leonard, um, 
for some reason they had players mic'd up for the game, but it was him for the Heat and like, uh, Markeith Morris for the Lakers. Oh, like, that's he picked. <laughs> <laughs> Not like AD and Butler or like you know Hero yeah, and, it, and LeBron. Like you know. No, yeah, it was. But oh, Myers Leonard, he's a spark of energy over there on the bench, cheering on his teammates. Like, that's great, but that's that's not making the difference in the game. Okay, like let's. Go like, do you want to hear from the cheerleaders or the players? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Butler's out there making the difference. Okay, and one thing I love though that Jimmy Butler said before I pass it over is, uh, I know I've kind of talked a lot here, but he uh, after the game, I think they said that he was only like the third player in NBA history to record a triple double while scoring 40 points in a finals game or something. And so the, the interviewer asked him about that, you know, yeah, you got a 40 point triple double. How do you feel about that? And he said, I don't care about the triple double. He said, I care that we won. Like somebody, somebody who doesn't care about their stats. Like that's, <laughs> if I'm starting a team, that's somebody who I want on my team. I mm-hmm. want somebody who will do whatever it takes to win the game. I don't want somebody who's like, oh, well, look at my rebounds and assists or oh, or a big contract <laughs> or, I, or I have I have triple doubles. I I don't care about yeah, that. Yeah. Do, do you want to win? Or do you want to <laughs> lead the team? OK, you're on my team. Like, you know, like, like, the, like if I was an NBA or NFL GM, like that would be the especially NBA, that'd be like the number one question I ask, like when I'm scouting rookies or something, be like, which is more important to you, winning or stats? Okay, stats, no, I'm not drafting you. <laughs> like, I, I want people that want to win. That That's who I want on my team. But like I said, unfortunately, I don't see it getting, I don't see the Heat getting it done, though. I hope they do, but I just, I don't see it happening. I am still sticking with Lakers in five. All right, so we haven't heard from Connor, who's our other nba insider so connor uh, <laughs> connor tell us anything we missed and your your predictions yeah i mean you know i was the only one to pick the heat to start with the heat and seven yeah. um you know as much as how bad it looks right now i think i'm gonna stick to my guns like i'm not gonna change it right now because yeah. <laughs> i know one thing i know one thing for the heat is that yeah, Drogic isn't coming back. Like, a torn plantar fascia, like, yeah. there's no way you're coming back from that. But from what I've been hearing, it seems like Bam might actually come back at some point, um, which that's definitely the key for the Lakers, for sure, is that, like, you know, while Bam is out, I mean, you mentioned Anthony Davis not being a factor. Like, if they can't take advantage of Anthony Davis being guarded by Myers Leonard or Jay Crowder or Kelly Olenek, like, you know... <laughs> When Bam Adebayo is not there, if they can't take advantage of that, then the Lakers have a serious issue on their hands because, I mean, and I think, honestly, I mean, like, I hate to, you know, keep ripping on LeBron, but I think AD's bad game right there, I think, is really a reflection of, I know we were going to talk about, like, who should be deserving of finals MVP. I think that's the reason why I would give it to Anthony Davis because, like, you know, if the Lakers do end up winning because it seems to me, like, you know, LeBron can have a bad game, but, like, if AD has a good game, then the Lakers will still win. But then, like, if AD has a bad game and LeBron has, like, an okay game, you know, if AD is bad, then they lose because LeBron yeah. can't pick up the slack enough because he's not taking over the game. He's too busy trying to pass it to Caruso or KCP for some reason instead of, you know, being LeBron James. Like, I'm just going to pass it. So... Um, like I said, if the Heat can get Bam out of bio back and if they can keep, you know, doing what they were doing, I mean, the Heat just seemed to like, they're this team that never goes away. And I think yeah. what really sparked them was, cause I mean, obviously they were underdogs coming into this. Like no one, I mean, other than me and maybe like five other people thought that the Heat were going to All win. the Heat fans. <laughs> yeah, right. And all the, me and like the five other non-Heat fans um, <laughs> that thought that, you know, they were going to win. Like nobody thought that everybody was all saying that it was going to be the um, the Lakers from the start. So, but I think like really being down two games and really being like, oh yeah, like, you know, let's get this over with. Like there's no point that I think that really awakened a fire in them. Like, you know, I, I woke up a fire in Jimmy Butler and it woke up a fire in the rest of the team. Mm-hmm. And I do agree that, you know, they need to, if they can keep those adjustments and stop playing that zone, because I thought the zone was going to be good to start with because the Lakers aren't traditionally the best three point shooting team in the league. Like, you know, 
KCP and Danny Green and Kuzma and all and Caruso, like they all have, you know, they have nights where they're good, but you know, they're very up and down when it comes to shooting mm-hmm. the three pointers. So, and obviously LeBron's not a good three point shooter either. So I thought that was going to work, but yeah, when it stopped working in game one, it was amazing to me. Like Eric said that they didn't go away from it again too. It's like, okay, clearly this didn't work, you know, but let's try it again because, you know, let's stick to it. And I understand that, well, okay, you know, Eric Spolster's thinking, well, this has been working all playoffs. Like, this is how we beat the Bucks. This is how we beat the Celtics. But, like, you know, at some point, you got to wake up to the fact that you got to make adjustments. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if they can keep making those adjustments and if they can find a way to, you know, maybe somehow keep Anthony Davis in check or get him in foul trouble again, then that's definitely the recipe for the Heat. Like, LeBron's always going to, you know, get his, like, 23 points and nine rebounds and nine assists or whatever. Like, you know, there's not really any stopping that. But um, especially when, you know, like Tyler Hero or Duncan Robinson is, you know, guarding him for the most part, you know, being that LeBron plays the one. So, um, but if they can keep Anthony Davis in check, then I think that's the main recipe for the Heat is to keep Anthony Davis in check. So... Well, I, you know, I'm sticking with my pick with the Heat in seven. I'm not going out on a limb and saying, like, that's 100% going to happen because the Lakers, like, could easily turn around and just crush them, yeah. you know, tomorrow night. So, um, but yeah, I think that's to stop Anthony Davis and the Heat could possibly do it. And maybe, hopefully, for their sake, if they can get Bam Autobio back, they'll have a slight chance. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Well, that's that's where we're going to wrap the show up. Uh We'll see what happens. I guess this will be coming out on the same day as Game 4, so uh, we'll see what happens. Maybe, hopefully, next time we're here, we're still talking about the finals and not talking to the draft. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> That's a month over a month away. <laughs> yeah, or free agency, or I don't know, whatever we got planned. <laughs> we'll, we'll probably talk about the finals regardless, but hopefully they're still going on. I don't know. But um, <laughs> All right, guys. Well, until then, remember, be clutch. Bye. See ya. Peace.